Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, Brother Earnshaw will be discussing the spiritual aspects of the movable jewels. Thank you. Um, so for this podcast, I'd like to talk about the Ashlers, uh, because I believe the, the teachings of the Ashlers are not only deep, but actually very important for Freemasons. Um, people will know me from my um, research into Chinese philosophy, particularly Taoism, and its connection with Freemasonry. And I believe that these two ashlars are indicators of this connection with Chinese philosophy. So um, when we look at the, the rough ashlar, um, which uh, there's something similar, <coughs> sorry, there's something similar in Taoism, and it's known as the uncarved block. And uh, in, it's called in Chinese pu, P-U. And they, to quote it, they, from the uh, Tao Te Ching, it says, the way eternal has no name, a block of wood untooled, though small, may still excel the world. And if kings and nobles could retain its potency for good, then everything would freely give allegiance to their rule. So it is, um, what is it saying? That's the important thing. I believe that it's a kind of, uh, un the uncarved block, uh, the wood untooled, is a metaphor for a state of receptiveness, a, a symbol of pure potential. And so in Freemasonry, we refer to our, our rude and imperfect state by nature. But it's actually more than this, I believe. Um, it's a state where we see everything as it is. Um, so without any illusion or preconception, uh, just as a child would see it. And this is the true nature of the mind, I believe. Um, so they re refer to it in other places as the virginal block, a living stone in a spiritual building. And this is actually very interesting because by comparison, the perfect ashla uh, in Chinese, which is uh, ref they call uh, refer to it as yu, y-u. So you've got pu and you've got yu. Mm. And this represents the perfect man, uh, the perfect man who has improved himself uh, like carving a piece of jade. And uh, so uh, the Confucianism, uh, Confucianists taught that a person had to study and had to improve himself. And they were teaching that you'd have to study uh, Confucian tenets, such as etiquette and benevolence and things like this. And uh, this way, by uh, educating yourself, it's like carving a piece of jade. In contrast, the Taoists said, there is nothing that needs to be done. You are perfect as you are. 
And so it's interesting that you have these two counter-arguments in the lodge side by side, the Taoist, the unclaved block, <clears throat> uh, the, well, the rough ashlar. And many Masons believe that, you know, the, the object of masonry is to take the, the uncarved block and make it into the perfect ashlar. Uh, of course, that is the operative way of thinking. But in, sim, uh, in our um, symbolic way of looking at things, um, the, the carved block is actually perfect in itself. And if we could understand nature as the Taoists understand nature, and I talk a lot about this in uh, my book, Royal Arch, uh, you can understand um, how deep the philosophy is. It's also, um, uh, one way to put it is that the um, uncarved block, uh, the uncarved ashlar, the rough ashlar, represents the natural uh, elemental Taoist teachings about virtue. And the carved ashlar represents the refined, polished teachings of Confucius. So you have these two um, uh, ways of looking at uh, our objectives as speculative Freemasons. Uh, so I think that's um, a, a point that is kind of important for Freemasons to think about, um, that we don't have to always work at improving something. Sometimes uh, the person is perfect as he is. He doesn't need to be improved. And uh, this is a very deep uh, teaching in Taoist philosophy. Mm. Yes. I think it's just it's too much of a coincidence for the concepts to be that similar, for there to be no borrowing or, or influence on Freemasonry, I think, with, with that particular Taoist philosophy. Well, I mean, if you just think about the the era of the seven, early 1700s and the boom in things that were Chinese, yes. I, I saw a, um, uh, what was this, Jeremy Brett's, version of uh, Sherlock Holmes, mm -hmm. which I think is the best, but <laughs> as personal opinion. And they had an edition, I think it was the called The Dead Detective or something like mm -hmm. that, The Detective Dies. Anyway, um, so Sherlock Holmes uh, had to go down to the Docklands and there they had opium dens. Mm. And they showed it on the BBC what it might be, and they re yeah. recreated it. But that is very true. They had opium mm -hmm. dens in London in the 1700s. And of course, uh, Sherlock Holmes is in Victorian times, so that was early 1800s, perhaps 1820. But uh, all, uh, all the 17th century, you could buy opium in London. Mm. Yeah. And so it wasn't just opium, but there was, you know, tea, silk, all these. Furniture, uh, cups and saucers being imported from China. And so um, people were collecting China. They had Chinese-designed houses and gardens. Mm -hmm. There's a pagoda in Kew Gardens. I mean, it's just a whole lo load of things <laughs> that happened in the 1700s. There was so much interest in China. 
And of course, the works of Confucius had been just translated uh, at that time and brought to um, England in about 1690, so about 1690. So, um, yes, I can imagine that the intelligentsia were very interested in things Chinese and for the, there to be these two symbols in a lodge uh, is, for me, is not surprising. Mm, the antiquity of Chinese culture as well, the established Chinese culture is, goes back much further than anything in the West. It's, it's always funny when you look at uh, Chinese antiques online and you see the, the dates on there compared to what we would consider antique in this country. Right, yeah. yes. Magnitudes, <laughs> magnitudes older. Yes, yes. And uh, if it wasn't for the Cultural Revolution, there would still be a lot of... Um, beautiful things, uh, vases and things that have been uh, created in China um, in, in something like a thousand years ago. You could yes. still buy them. You know? <laughs> Crazy. Amazing. But, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so as um, I, I've noticed a lot of our, our audience for this podcast have been interested in spiritual things. And this is a good place to start, I think, mm. looking into the spiritual aspects of Taoism. And then you will see many other connections with Freemasonry, particularly uh, the um, <clears throat> how, how, how important light is to Taoism and Freemasonry, etc., etc. Very true, very true. Well, thank you for that, Brother Anshul. That was very informative. I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank and you. if you have any questions, please email on the link below. We now part on the square, and we will meet soon. Thank you, and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>